0: Hello, I'm Spencer Levy, Chairman of America's Research and Senior Economic Advisor at CBRE, and this is The Weekly Take, where we share our unique insights on what matters most in commercial real estate and the world at large. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by two friends of mine, Toby Bazzuto, the CEO and President of Bazzuto, and Brian Eisendraft, a Vice Chairman and Managing Director of CBRE Capital Markets. Toby and Brian, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, Toby, your company is one of the most active apartment developers, owners, and managers in the United States. Toby, tell our listeners a little bit about what you and your company do. Sure. Um, Thank
1: you again for having me. We're a vertically integrated real estate company that focuses on residential. So we have an apartment management company that manages 77,000 units and a development company that builds about four or five projects a year. And lastly, we have a construction company that does about half a billion dollars a year in revenue. Uh, So we are located in the mid-Atlantic
0: and uh, expand all the
1: way out to Chicago.
0: So, Brian, a lot of people think that the debt and structured finance markets may have bottomed a month and a half ago. What do you think? Are things getting better from a debt and structured finance perspective in multifamily?
2: Things have definitely been getting better. People often say, what does a loan look like today versus pre-COVID? The reality is it's not that much different with the agencies. The cost of borrowing has been very steady in the low to mid threes. I'd say one of the material changes has been upfront reserves that make it more challenging for cash-neutral refinances. But overall, the agencies have really helped the functionality of the market.
0: So, Toby, same question for you. Do you think the markets have bottomed and are coming back? We have two worlds here. We have uh,
1: one world in which our construction projects, every single one of them is active. And um, other than maybe a day or two has not been shut down. And we, we feel very blessed and privileged. And, you know, we like to think that providing housing is, is, is an essential thing, just like an essential worker that you hear about. It's uh, shelter is as important as food and water. So we, we agree with that. Um, on the other hand, looking forward to new projects, we, we have a project coming up that could be ready to break ground in the next 60 or 90 days. And we have seen the debt market uh, to be very, very reticent to do anything. And candidly, I understand we're, we're all trying to you know build build a castle on quicksand. I mean, we're trying to figure out where the bottom is and I'm optimistic. I I do think things are getting better and will get better every single day, but there's just some uncertainty in the market right now.
0: Do you agree with Toby's comment that construction financing has gotten a lot more difficult?
2: It, It definitely has. It has become more challenging. The banks are the major provider of construction financing. And they're still there actually to service their best clients. So you can still obtain construction financing. It just looks a little bit different than it used to. They really want to focus on having moderate leverage and being able to exit the loan. And with uncertainty on lease-up and rental levels, you'll see leverage levels declining, more hurdles in place post-closing from a performance perspective, and an economic structure that looks different than it did two months ago.
0: Let's turn now, Toby, to property management issues. You mentioned that your construction sites were all going and really very limited delays, but I'm sure you and your 77,000 units have been spending an inordinate amount of time on asset management issues. Tell me about some of the property management issues you've had to deal with over the last two months. Perhaps most importantly, we're taking a humanistic approach. How do you
1: Uh, work with your residents and handle the various situations that they may be in because of this uh, pandemic. On the other hand, you have to manage
0: um, the asset to the best of your ability for the owners you manage for. Well, Toby, let's dig a little bit deeper there if I could. Is there anything special you're doing from a property management standpoint to protect or to give confidence to your tenants that uh, perhaps through cleaning or otherwise you're protecting them from COVID? Yeah, so first and
1: foremost, we have to think about the needs of our residents and their health and safety. And actually concurrently, I need to think about the the health and well-being of of, of my associates as well. Um so what we we've done everything from extensive cleaning to uh restricting uh you know large groups of people in in the public spaces to office hours um Rather, leasing being done completely virtually at this point instead of in person. So we've reduced uh, the interaction between the customer and our associates, which is somewhat
0: regrettable because we, our entire model is a service-based model. Brian, let's turn back to the financing markets for a moment. You mentioned banks with respect to construction. What about Lifecos and other lending sources? How are they pricing deals today?
2: The other lending sources have changed a fair amount. I would say on the LifeCo side, they have they have the pick of the litter right now. They can they can choose what deals they want to do. So, for example, deals that are in lease up less appetite for that today. Whereas two months ago, they would have really there would have been a lot of bidding on a on a transaction like that on new construction class A et cetera. So the the LifeCo's I'd say the leverage is down a bit. Maybe the old 60 to 65 is now 50 to 55%. And the rates are up. Uh, they've instituted floors, and the floors, they vary quite a bit, but they're up in the plus or minus upper threes to 4% range. And overall, I'd say they're just a lot pickier on what they want to do as they can be given the volume of transactions that they're seeing.
0: Toby, you mentioned you have several construction jobs underway today, and you have a few that are in line. What do you expect for construction costs? You
1: know, intellectually, I think we're all assuming that costs will go down on the thesis that there'll be less work, and and therefore the subs uh, will be hungrier for the work. Um, I would suggest that that may be true, but will take longer than people anticipate. As an example, my company alone has 21 projects under construction, so those subs are are very, very busy. They perhaps have a harder time seeing six months into the future and understanding that debt and equity issues may uh, curtail the amount of new development starts
0: let's talk now a little bit about market opportunities and again, we know what challenges we have today, but Toby, are you on offense at all looking for new opportunities today?
1: I think you need to live your life on offense. I think um, there's always an opportunity somewhere. And I will admit that it's it's a little challenging intellectually to put things together when it seems like the world is falling apart. But we've been here before. And in our company's case, we've been through three recessions. And the greatest movements we've ever made, the greatest growth that we've ever had has come in the early innings of, of a
0: recession not after a recession, but during. So Brian, I'm going to ask you the same question. What opportunities do you see today, either by market, uh, by sub-asset type within multifamily, or within different portions of the capital stack?
2: I'd be curious as to Toby's thoughts on the merchant builder arena. Uh, Toby's group, obviously, is very well capitalized, but there's other builders uh, that aren't as well capitalized. And I think there could be some Opportunities on some of these deals, maybe where there's no longer a promote or a motivation to sell. In the last two weeks, we've received calls from three or four developers that have bank debt coming due. And it's a real question of how are the banks going to work with with folks. So far, uh, we have seen that the banks are working with people. But the question going forward is, do they require more cash infusions for reserves, debt service reserves, paydowns, et cetera. So I'm curious to get Toby's thought on that. And then secondarily, I think there could be opportunity in some of the class BC assets where tenants have lost their jobs, perhaps buildings with service workers or employees more affected by the virus.
1: What I've seen, it, it, look, markets like this remind people sometimes that a steady eddy is a a better date to the dance than a fast Freddy. Sometimes it's nice to sit back and say, I'm just going to work with this family business that's been around for a long time. That being said, there's some incredible merchant builders that reconstitute themselves in in any crisis, in any scenario that are, that are excellent. With respect to B and C classes, I agree with Brian's um, hypothesis that there's probably opportunity there. It's not something that we focus on as much. Um, We're we're really more ground up, but I, I do think he's right. There are some opportunities there for sure.
0: There have been some people that have been suggesting across all the different real estate asset types that there's been a secular shift. The way that we use office or industrial or retail is never going to be the same. Some people have suggested that there's going to be a shift from multifamily into single family. Toby, do you have a point of view on that? I think it's very, very hard to predict what the
1: future will look like based on six or eight weeks of human behavior. I mean, every day we're adapting to this and and trying to figure out what it means. Um, I was talking to a reporter and they said, are you going to make apartment units bigger when this is over? And so in her world, that's how you solve it, by making a bigger unit. I, I, I think We're going to just continue to do what we do, which is provide sanctuary. I do not think there is going to be a massive paradigm shift from city living or high density living to low density living. There's still tremendous vibrancy and excitement and life uh, associated
0: with living in a city. There have been certain subsectors within multifamily that have been hit hard, certainly in the short term, notably senior housing, student housing and maybe even co-living. Uh, which is, of course, the highest density form of multi-housing. How do you see some of these smaller subsectors of multi-housing
2: performing today and down the road? To start with student housing in a lot of markets, there was already an issue with overbuilding. There's a concern now of will school be starting in fall. There's still a lot of unknowns with social distancing and how will classes be and how will they keep everything clean and and prevent the spread of The virus with all the students getting close to each other. So I think it's really too early to see a secular shift. I will say the good news is that the overall collections for student housing remain very strong in part due to the parental guarantees. And by the way, we're six or eight weeks into this. So I think it it really depends on how the schools react and how the students react. And I think we'll know a lot more on that once we hit August and September.
0: Toby, how do you take a look at the affordable housing issue and how is your company addressing it? Obviously, you know, a two by
1: four doesn't know if it's in a luxury high rise or in an affordable uh, dwelling building. So as the construction market continues to rise, it is very, very difficult uh, for any developer to provide "quote unquote" affordable housing, unless it's subsidized in one, one form or, or another, so I, I see the future of this just even more complicated and, and murky um, because prices have just escalated now, going straight since two thousand nine till
0: today. Well, Brian, let me ask you the same question because I think, as Toby pointed out. Affordable housing is very challenging for developers because of cost. Talk about the financing of affordable housing. What types of programs might be available there and how they might be able
2: to help? The agencies have had a great deal of appetite in financing these types of assets and will continue to do so. At the same time, these assets are often rented to tenants that don't have significant cash reserves. So what we're seeing is the delinquency rates during the coronavirus and downturns have in general been higher for these assets.
0: Brian, has anything that has happened in the COVID-19 crisis shaken your faith that multifamily is the place to be over the next 10 years?
2: So I, I still think that multifamily is going to be the darling of the real estate industry, now with the addition of industrial and logistics, et cetera. But I do believe that there are some risks on the horizon, and some of those risks are state-by-state dependent.
0: Thank you, Brian. So, Toby, same question to you. Uh, obviously, you're going to think that multifamily is the place to be. But has anything that's happened during this COVID crisis in any way shaken your confidence in multifamily over the next decade?
1: No, um, this crisis, this pandemic has reinforced my belief that there is nothing other per- than your health and your family, perhaps, Um More important than your shelter, as we call it, your sanctuary. You need a roof over your head. You need a safe place to live. So I do think this asset class has permanence, as it always has and always will.
0: Toby, you and I both live in Baltimore, and we are both strong advocates for the city. But at the same time, we both know the challenges in front of us to make Baltimore a greater place than it already is. And you wrote a terrific article last year in the Baltimore Sun that said, No Mud, No Lotus was the title. What did that mean, and how does it apply to Baltimore? Well, thank you for your kind words. And
1: CBRE is a huge part of Baltimore and and does a lot of good things for the city, as do you personally. Um, Yeah, No Mud, No Lotus is um, a Buddhist expression. So the thesis is something good can come out of something bad, metaphorically. And in Baltimore, we just have one problem after another and is seemingly compounded in every social issue and, you know, racial inequality, et cetera. And I'm, again, with, as an optimist, believe that if we all do our job, whatever your job may be, in my case, being a developer, um, if I can make a small contribution to the city, that is one way in
0: which You know, this uh, lotus can bloom from the mud uh, using that expression. So let me ask you both a personal question, starting with you, Brian. Tell me about how your family's holding up during today's crisis.
2: We are doing very well and above and beyond everything else. We're thankful for our health and the health of our immediate family and extended family. We have actually turned, we have a four and a nine-year-old girl, and we've turned our backyard into a summer camp, and the kids are loving it. And my wife and I are still sane, and I actually think she still enjoys seeing me throughout the day. So that's great, and everything's going very well.
0: Toby, same question to you. How are you holding up? How's your family during the crisis? I live in a house here with a a wonderful wife,
1: and I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son. It's interesting to watch how they're handling this and internalizing it and what it means di- differently to each one of them. But I can tell you, we're, we've we had more family dinners than I can ever remember in my life. And, and what a blessing. I think we'll look back on so much of this and and, and there's just so much revealed through this, I, it's sort of like a, a beauty revealed that was there. We just didn't know it. And in my case, it's, it's how awesome it is to be with my family all the time.
0: Well, Brian, Toby, on behalf of The Weekly Take, thank you for being terrific guests. Stay safe. Hope your families are well. Hope everything goes well for all of us. But thank you for joining CBRE today. Thank you. Thanks very much. For more information about what we spoke about today as well as insights about how this week's latest developments are impacting the commercial real estate industry, go to cbre.com backslash the weekly take. Until next week, I'm Spencer Levy. Be smart, be safe, be well.